Welcome to another edition of Keep It or Change Cars, the podcast proudly brought to you by Change Cars. I'm Michael and in studio with me today are two guests who've been on the show before, Bobby Petkoff from Mitmac Motors and Obi Makaditwa from Eagle Ford. Obi, am I pronouncing that correctly? You, you're getting better every time. Thank this you very time much. This time spot on. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> Guys, welcome. Today, our first question comes from Tyson. Tyson is 22 years old. He comes from Hellbron in the Free State, and he's got a very, very simple question. Irrespective of budget, what is the advice that we would give him or any first-time buyer what to look for on a used car when buying, where to buy, etc.? Bobby, going to start with you. So I think treating a used car as a marriage is very important. And you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give and take. So treating it as I'm getting married to the car and to the dealer. So let's start at the dealer, researching, thoroughly researching the dealership's um, intention and obviously reputation is where we start. So so make sure that the dealer will stand further for their product. Being 22, we have to assess what is important. So, you know, Tyson sounds like he's a single guy, uh, you know, he's, he's a free man uh, in the sense of the word. So what is important? What is he trying to achieve? He's probably, you know, in his first job, um, he's getting started, his career's about to kick off. So I think the key always, just make sure you do not make a mistake. You don't get a second opportunity. You buy the wrong car yeah. from the wrong dealer at yeah. the wrong price. Yeah. You spoke about marriage. It's going to be a bad marriage. Yeah, yeah. You're married to that car. Obi, yourself, if you were saying, Tyson, what are the things to be aware of? Firstly, you cannot tick all the boxes in a used car. So you're not going to get the, the color you want, the mileage you want, at the price you want. So you've got to prioritize, like you're saying, Bobby, that you've got to look at the dealership, number one and the vehicle's service history and maintenance and the overall condition of the vehicle. I think those are the top, top three for me. But I can't emphasize enough about the dealership. If a car comes from a good home, I often use the analogy, the best houses are sold by the best estate agents. You've got a beautiful house, you want your house to be marketed by a top estate agent. The best motor dealerships attract the best clients. When you go online on platforms and you see a car advertised from a dealer whose name you've never heard of, ABC Motors in Joburg Central, the chances of that car being right are zero. You look at the car itself, there's no number plate displayed. That is a problem. How often do you come across a person that says, man, I just made a bad mistake? The answer is, you didn't make a mistake. You didn't do your homework. Uh, you failed to research, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, I love using the, the, the analogy of dating and, and marriage because you, you need to know what purpose this car has to fulfill. And then start with, did the parents give it good foundations? Is the values and principles of the parents right? The parents here being the dealership. You know, if the values and principles are right, even if you make a mistake, you you know, it's not going to be a bad marriage because I've sure. had many, many customers come back to me and say, listen, I bought the wrong car. Okay, cool. This is how we take you out of this car at a minimal loss and put you in the right car. Because what you said to me, was the purpose for the vehicle was not actually the purpose. It was you were thinking with your, you know, with your with your heart rather than with your with your logical brain. Because at 22, you know, I was 22 a while ago. My brain, 
you know, not that it's developed well <laughs> now, but it was <laughs> definitely not developed yet. But my brain is fried since I was 22, Bobby. <laughs> so, so you know, coming from a good home, you can always afford a slight mistake and then yeah. come out of that vehicle into something else. And now, Obi, yourself, customer comes to you to trade in a car. How much emphasis do you place on the car's history? Customer says to you, I've had the car six years, I bought it brand new, versus how's it bought? Listen, I bought this car nine months ago, I'm wanting to get rid of it. Those are two completely different cars. The one car has been loved, the one car has been serviced, the other car, you've got no track record. And why I mention this, for Tyson, when you go to a garage, the right garage, say, do you know who the previous owner was? No, sorry, sir, we bought it from an auction. Not impossible there can be a decent car, but oh, the yeah. chances of it being as good as we bought it from a 54-year-old lady who bought it brand new and we upgraded her to a newer car. What mistakes is the biggest mistake that you see first-time buyers make, Obi? First of all, rushing. 100%. Rushing through the deal, buying on emotional, or emotional buying rather, mm -hmm. um, and just wanting the car right there and there. Take your time, breathe. Don't let a dealer corner you into taking delivery right that day or the next day. I always use an analogy when the guy says, sir, this car, we've got some other people interested in. Well, good luck to you, Mr. Dealer. Why? Such a popular car. Don't have to worry about me taking it. I'm yeah. I get people phoning us, Bobby. They'll phone us today and say, hi, I've seen, been on the website. I've seen the following. I say, excellent car, excellent dealer. What have you compared it to? Oh, no, it's the first polo that we've seen. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying price your mileage. Have a basis. 2018, 159,000, 60,000 Ks. Is there 2018 for 155 with 45,000 Ks? And that's what you said, Obi. Take your time. But over and above taking your time, the dealer is in control. So the dealer needs to do a proper needs analysis. Because, you know, Tyson needs to be with, I love working with Tysons. So Tyson, tell me, what does this car need to fulfill? Are you married? Do you have a girlfriend? Where do you park? Are you still in college? Do you work? Okay, where do you drive at night? Now we, we're assessing risk. And, and I'm going to- analysis. Uh, absolutely. But dealers skip that. Uh, that that's well, the, it suits them. It's the most important part. Because I can see you're hot buyer now. You're ready to roll. Okay, Paula, 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 done. So I, I always, you know, now, because we train 45 to about 65 uh, people every quarter, we've got a cadetship program. And I say to them, here's what I do. When a customer is looking for a Polo, I'm sending you a Polo, I'm sending you a Swift, I'm sending you a Fortuner, I'm sending you a double cab and a Hummer. But the customer inquired on a Polo. Just want to make sure you're on the right product. So why do you need a Polo? You know, does the mother-in-law have to drive with you? So a proper needs analysis upfront eliminates a bad marriage. But on that point, Bobby, and I'm sure you'll agree, Obi, you cannot buy any car that you haven't test driven. So you I disagree. Might... Not entitled to disagree. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> why I say you can't buy a car that you haven't test driven, and I'd love to hear why you disagree. A car, for me, has got to do two things. I've got to like the way it looks, and I've got to like the way it drives. You know that saying, when you park a car, if you don't look back at it, you're driving the wrong car. So you've got to like the way a car looks. But you might get in the car, you're six foot four tall. My word, the seat just doesn't go far enough back. You drive it, it's just not got enough power. People often, they'll buy a car 
because they like the way it looks, which is fine. Ticks a box. But mm, I must be honest, I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't drive it. Bobby, Obi, you tell me, is there any customer that could come into your showroom that would ask for a test drive and you'd say no? Generally, you offer test drives to everybody. Tyson is 22. The reason I think that he mentioned his age, he's obviously a youngster. In your opinion, will a youngster be, it's just human nature. It's just the world we live in. It's not the country, the world we live in. Will dealers take advantage of him because of his age? I wouldn't say take advantage, but his, his age does play a role because he's young. He's obviously a tire kicker. That's how we, 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 sure. we view it, that he just wants to come and test drive. But you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. That's, you shouldn't. So while Tyson was asking for advice, take somebody can be your father, can be your uncle, can be your auntie, whoever it may be. Take somebody knowledgeable with you and be prepared to listen. Look at the uh, interest rate you're being charged. Look at the insurance that you've been offered. Look at the extras you've been offered. Make sure that you need them or somebody that's been there and done it before can say you do or don't need them. Bobby, you agree? On that part, absolutely. But, but even further than that, what are you trying to solve? Because as a dealer, all I do all day is solve people's problems. Yes. So, for example, I got a new job and now I drive 70 kilometers further. Um, my vehicle is just about to run out of warranty. That's a problem for me. Right. Is consumption okay? Yes. Is the right height, the size? Does it, does it fulfill every single other need? It ticks it. Yes. What do you hate about the car? I love the car. So what is the one thing pushing you away? The warranty. Okay. That's the problem. We need to solve for a vehicle that's got a warranty because now we're going to be. So, so understanding what problem Tyson needs to solve, you can serve. So Tyson needs to, to, you know, come in with a aunt or somebody that understands finance and insurance. But most importantly, this is what the vehicle needs to do for me and my family or for me at this stage of my life. And then approaching a dealer by so doing you eliminate buyer's remorse yeah of course 100%. because then then he's in the right car he'll won't come back and want to throw the car back at you because he loves his car we often talk about gut feeling and i'm sure you'll agree and this is not just for buying a car this is for life if it doesn't feel a hundred percent right don't do it. If it feels 95% right, wait until that other 5% comes to you. And that's what you said, Obi. Take your time. If the car gets sold tonight, it's not the last VW Polo, Suzuki Swift, or any small car that you're going to be looking at as your first car. There's a couple of thousand of these available. But now we've got an interesting second question. Need advice? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Keep It or Change Cars tab. Now, we've got an interesting second question. Nomsa is 43 years old and looking to restore her mother's 1993 Jetta CLI. When I think of a 1993 Jetta CLI, absolutely magnificent car. I grew up with these cars. The problem is the example. It was bought by her late dad, brand new in 1993. Normsa points out that the car has been standing outside for 11 years since her dad passed away. The car is in a very poor state and would like our opinion on two things. Do we think it's a good idea to fix it? If so, can we recommend a facility or an expert that can do everything that is needed? One-stop shop. Bobby, good idea or not a good idea? Short, short answer. Because it is a... Yeah, so... You know, there, there's obviously a, a value that that is placed on that car, nostalgic value. You know, reminds reminds of her dad. I wouldn't restore that car. It's just, it's it's a never. A, 
I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question because I've restored many old cars, but I have from a position of, you know, I, I, my finances are different and I'll, I'll do it because I love the example that I found and I'll restore it because, you sure. know, it takes me somewhere mentally. I don't drink, I don't smoke, so I don't waste money there. So I waste money on restoring an old car. If you've got time to waste, yeah, restore an it. old car. So, so keep the car, keep it in the garage or keep it somewhere because it brings you that feeling that you and your dad shared, uh, you know, that special moment and those memories can't be bought. But you know, restoring that car, unless you are financially in a position where you've got a couple of hundred thousand rand that, you know, you, you can set a light in the middle of the room and it wouldn't bother you, go for it. If you don't, don't do it. Obi asked me the question. Would mm -hmm. I? I'm going to give you the answer short, the explanation's long. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yourself? I understand it's got a, a sentimental value, but like you guys are agreeing here that it's going to cost her just a little bit more than the, the the value of the vehicle. So for me, don't do it. It's just going to cost you more than you should. There are spend. a couple of realities here. And again, I must say, Bobby, it was a very interesting take about the sentimental value. Didn't even enter my mind. I like that. So she can keep the car. Yeah. Just don't try fix it. Yeah. That car has been outside for 11 years. Can you imagine what every single aspect of that car, mechanical is one thing. Funny enough, mechanical can be fixed. Your dashboard will be cracked and need to chuck it away. Your seats will be in a terrible state. Your window rubbers will be perished. It is impossible, I believe, in South Africa, short of somebody having an unlimited budget, like you said, yeah. to restore that car. Now, let's look at the actual car itself. 1993 VW Jetta CLI. If that car was in excellent condition, those cars are fetching stupid money. 140, 150, what value would you say yeah, that you'd yeah. place on that? I, I, I agree. We, we, we recently sold, it wasn't a CLI, it was a... CLS? CLS, that's right. 1600. 1600. Carburetor. Uh, yes, what more it, information do you want was, to know? It was a, like a bottle green color. Yeah. Uh, we bought that with a Ford... Tracer. Both had around 30,000 K. Can I try guess what you paid? Yeah. yeah. So for the Jetta, you probably paid 35 to 40. No. And the Tracer, I would have said 35 to 40 as well. So paid 80 a piece and we sold both. Yeah. Both for 99,900. But I'm talking about Christine. cars new, new, brand yeah. new. So, so you, you know, having said that, the sentimental value and that memory is priceless. Of course. But unless you've got a whole bunch of money that you can burn and not worry, no. But if you were in England or in Germany, a country where those parts, because remember, you won't just go to VW and get those parts today. No, no. Even service items, yeah. they yeah. are not going to be freely available on a 30-year-old car, yeah. even from a manufacturer as good as VW. I would say it is impossible. But why am I elaborating on this? Daily, not, but monthly, I get this kind of question. Should I restore an older car? If you're going to restore an older car, it's got to be something that has got a huge value. A Lancia, an Alfa Romeo Giulia. What else would you say? A BMW 2002. Yeah. Something that's going to be worth four, five, six hundred thousand, and the value is just going to continue to do that. That Jetta CLI is not going to continue to do that. So is it a universal Normsa 3? The, the verdict, yeah. uh, the jury has spoken. 3-0? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. definitely not. Want SA's leading insurance? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Discovery logo. 
Our next question uh, resonates with me. Ravendra is an avid motorsport fan and will be even more so in 2026, he says, when the VW Group re-enters Formula One. He says it will be the best 40th birthday present ever. As an avid VW fan, he's very upset at the constant negativity he hears around the VW Polo theft risk and would like our opinion. He said he owns a Polo GTI and three of his friends also own Polos. What is our unbiased opinion on Polos as a car and their theft risk? He asks us to please justify it. Bobby, I don't think there's anybody in South Africa that doesn't know the VW Polo is the best-selling car, not even in that category, the best-selling car Period. Yeah. And therein, for me, lies a conundrum. What yeah. is your opinion on the yeah. theft risk of VW Polos? So, so look, data doesn't lie. Mm. Data doesn't lie. Data tells the truth. It's unemotional. And data is transparent. The most hijacked vehicle in South Africa is a Polo Viva. But by what number? So hold that thought. Obi, your thoughts on VW Polo in terms of their safety, their theft risk? Because there's not too many people that don't know the perception around the VW Polo. Correct. Nothing against the car. The car's a lovely car. It, it sells well. Resale value is good, except this cloud over it. It's a high risk. But is that cloud justified? The reason I ask, the Polo's outselling some of its uh, competitors 4 to 1, 5 to 1, 6 to 1. The question is, which is logical, if it's been stolen 6 to 1, sure, then it's only equal. But is it being stolen 8 to 1 or 12 to 1? I don't think it is, Bobby. So, so it is. And there, you, you know, in the popularity lies the demand. Yeah. You know, the moment, um, I hope it's allowed on your channel, but the moment that um, a drug like, let's take cocaine, for example, is no longer attractive, you know, the, the sales will go down. So, so drug dealers will, will run out of business. Polos are selling, so there's a demand. Polos are constantly getting into accidents. Polos are breaking because it's a vehicle that's been on but the market for a while. is the Polo being stolen at a rate that is greater than what it's outselling its competitors? So, so it is, yes. So we did, a, we did an intensive, detailed survey on our channel about the most hijacked vehicles on the South African market. My personal opinion? Polos are outselling any of their competitors anywhere between 3 to 1, 6 to 1, 7 to 1, you name it. There's no question they're being hijacked and stolen, but is that ratio disproportionate to other cars? I'm not sure. Question for you, Obi. Would you let your child, to 17, 18, 19 years old, ready to buy their first car, would you buy a VW Polo? I wouldn't, and I think as as a as a seller of cars, the, the, the narrative and the and, and, and the question changes because now it's not about I'm selling the car. Now it's it's a matter of life. My kids are they safe in the vehicle? It's not a, it's not a matter of you know making money on the car or trying to sell a car. So for me the answer is is no, and not because the vehicle is bad. It's just excellent. It, yeah. It's an excellent vehicle. It's it's just the cloud around it, if I may. Sure. But lovely vehicle. Nothing against it. It's just I wouldn't let my kids drive around in that vehicle. Bobby, you did a podcast of your own. What is the most stolen car in South Africa? It's it's a polo, but it I mean the 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 supply and demand equation is because it outsells everything else, it will be out hijacked. So we sure. did it on, on hijacking. One of the things that concerns me, and again this is a topic within a topic. Yeah. Cars that used to be written off years ago are no longer being written off. The of term course. written off, a car should be scrapped, 
Code 3 on the papers and never to be reintroduced to the road. And on a Code 3 vehicle, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm sure you are, you can't get insurance. Yeah. What's happening is insurance companies are, in theory, writing off a car. These cars are being reintroduced. And is that not what is uh, fueling this demand for a parts? Absolutely. So, you know, the, the insurance companies are managing risk. So they're managing their losses. If they make the car Code 3, Let's say for the sake of maths, it's a 100,000 rand car and a Code 3 will then be sold for 15 to 20%, for example, of the value. They'll get 20,000 rand from a scrapyard. Those people go and pull off the doors and sell seats and whatever is decent on the car, taillights, everything else. The moment they leave it as a Code 2 and sell it on auction as a salvage vehicle, it it is reintroduced as a used vehicle. So now we're sitting in a situation where airbags are needed, um, fenders are needed, lights are needed. And on our channel, we went into extreme detail. We had the authority of the hijacking uh, world who wrote uh, most of SAPS's training manuals for BMW, for Mercedes. He did an intensive uh, course. Um, you, you know, you, you're talking about Apollo Vivo, uh, 14,000 Rand is the number. That's what a stolen car, you know, thieves get for, for the vehicle. So if you have to buy a set of airbags, it will be 40, 50, 60,000. Don't do it. They steal one. They steal one. They, they remove what's necessary. And, you know, it's, it's very popular. So it's easy to sell but again in the used market. But what you're doing is you're basically taking a legitimate car that is still a Code 2 with papers, but is a wreck. It's a wreck. It's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. You're going and stealing a beautiful one, like for like, yeah. and you're just taking those papers and putting it onto the stolen papers. Is that also happening? So That's you, you're talking about a cloned vehicle. Yeah, a cloned vehicle is a little bit more technical. So a cloned vehicle is is buying the wreck and then just swapping out you, you know, the numbers onto the stolen vehicle. That's very dangerous and very hard to manage. As a dealership, I have bought many cloned vehicles and over the years... But of course, obviously, totally unintentionally where you've been duped, basically. Yeah, 100%. And, and the, the underlying condition you touched on is the insurance company that's allowing that vehicle to be introduced as a used car. Because if it's a Code 3, then, you, you know, the, even if you clone a vehicle, it will still be sold as a Code 3, sure, which sure. will devalue the vehicle. But what I've noticed, OB, is a massive trend, and maybe I'm wrong, of insurance companies writing off vehicles that should not be written off. It's just a case of it's a 2012 uh, Hyundai that's got a book value of 56,000 Rand. It's got minimal damage, minimal damage. They will pay out the client 35, 30, 35, 36,000 after access, yeah. access, access, and then they will go and sell that car on an auction, and they'll actually get more for that. Is so, that happening in your yeah. opinion? Well, well, again, it's it's managing risk, like you said, for for for, for insurance companies. So they'll they'll actually lean more towards where, you know, they more to gain. So I, I would personally do the same myself. So that, there's actually a sum, and the sum is seventy percent uh, of the vehicle's market value. If the damage exceeds seventy percent, it of becomes the market, uneconomical yeah. to repair. To repair. 
they write that, that sum, off. with all due respect, is very manipulatable, if that's the right of word. Of course it is. So 70% of 100,000 is obvious at 70,000 rand, but that car in reality has got 20,000 rand worth of damage. It's not hard for a panel beater in cahoots with somebody to inflate that to 72,000. The assessor or, writes it off. Or reverse engineer that statement, a panel beater in cahoots with you know, the underworld to go and, and you know rebuild that vehicle where it's economical to rebuild it Correct. on the insurances back. So both are happening. Yep. And who ultimately is the victim? The, the consumer. consumer. Yeah. The Consumers. consumer whose car that they loved, that they're only getting 35, 40, 50, 60,000, whatever the case may be, they can't come close to replacing that car. The insurer, the panel beater, everybody else is winning and the consumer is losing. That is, that is also why there's all these dealers popping up on the corners that it was a house, then the next day it's a dealership because those are the kind of cars that are being sold at those dealerships. So again, consumers need to make sure and make make it a point that they buy it at a reputable dealer. Now you talk about reputable dealer and we're not saying the same thing in a different way. A reputable dealer, I'm talking about knowingly, very, very occasionally everybody can get duped. But knowingly, no reputable dealer will buy a car that is rubbish and sell it. You're giving a guarantee. You're selling an aftermarket warranty. You've got recourse, the ombudsman, etc. And that's why it's so important for everyone. Buy it from the reputable dealer. Yeah. Like Mitmac Motors or Eagle Ford or change cars while we're throwing it in there. <laughs> that's uh, incidental branding for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to buy a new or used car? Visit changecars.co.za. Our last question makes me smile and comes from Lauren, who insists that we call her Lolly. My very first girlfriend was uh, Lauren, and I really did call her Lolly. We need to connect with this person because maybe she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren is in New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> Lolly wants to know if we would recommend a Mercedes convertible, as she says she's a Merc fan through and through, and if it was up to her, all other cars would be banned. I can relate to that with other brands. The choices are between what she calls a Chick Flick SLK 2012 to 2015 or the E-Class convertible. Two exceptional cars, both two-door, but one is a two-seater, which is the Chick Flick, or the four-seater E-convertible. Lauren mentioned she's not quite single, but not married, and has no kids who will drive with her. Which would we recommend if money was not the deciding factor? Obi? I would say to Lauren, do not limit yourself to a two-seater. Four-seater is also beautiful when the top is down. You don't know what, you, you know, changes in your life might happen. It might happen in the next month, six months, a year. But you don't want to limit yourself in a two-seater. Rather get a, a E-Class convertible, lovely vehicle. I mean, you can get anything from 2012 right up to a 2023. If money's no option, you can, or, or money's not a thing, you can get a 2023 and spend and spend two bar on one. So yeah, I say don't limit yourself on a, on a two-seater. I think you've raised such a valid point. A convertible is beautiful, but the four-seater just gives you so much more versatility. I've got an Alpha Spider two-seater. I promise you, sometimes it's my girlfriend, sometimes it's my girlfriend and my kid, we're totally limited. That four-seater, the E-Class convertible, is that not a magnificent-looking car, Bobby? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Love it. Also, you know, Again, what are we solving for? So, so different strokes for different folks. So drive them both, because the the SLK, 
is a very hard, sporty, you know, yeah. nimble car where the E-Class gives you that. that Refined, yeah. Yeah, but it's a softer, Correct. you know, let's cruise. So now with money being no object, for me, it's not even a debate. While I like the SLK, I find the SLK a bit of a dinky toy. The uh, compressor engines, the smaller versions, I find those engines horrible. The 3.2 or 3.5 V6 is a nice engine, but compare that to the E400. Have you driven an E400? Yeah, yeah, many, yeah. many of them. Yeah. Yeah. I am per se not the world's biggest Mercedes fan, but with the E400, you've got the air coming through on your neck. It is a magnificent car. So are we 340 on the E400? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That was a very short debate. It's okay. Lovely car, but not for Lolly. E400, magnificent. I've driven it. What are we looking at there for 2018, 2019? Something still that's got the Mercedes maintenance plan. What are we looking at there, Bobby? So the the beauty with that specific type of car, you'll tend to get a very low mileage yes. uh, E400, convert, especially a convertible, because it will be more like a weekend, you know, let's, yeah. let's go for a fun day out. Uh, type of a car. So in the region of 50 to 60,000 Ks, you'll pay under 600,000. And that is stop. exceptional, exceptional value. Yeah. I know Lolly mentioned that uh, she's specifically a Mercedes fan and it's cool, but you've just got to throw in one other option in that category that I think is exceptional. What am I thinking of? Mm. Oh, you're thinking Audi. I'm actually not funny enough in this really? particular no, okay. BMW. Yeah. BMW, okay. What, the 5 what you, Series? The 6 Series. 6 Series, yeah. What do you six think six of that yeah. BMW 6 Series convertible? I just think that is the first BMW where the styling has absolutely nailed it for me, and that is bang for your buck. The yeah. 640 petrol or diesel, six, so what do you six, think of it? 645. I thought 645, though. 650? 650 is like... Man, I love a 650 or 750 because there's no Golf R or... You, It'll you touch know, it. You, you know, oh. you, you've got that that uncle in the corner of the bar that you know, don't look for trouble yeah. with him. He's there. That's the 650 <laughs> And the lines on that car are That's just priceless and they're so... It's a beautiful yeah. car. Now, Chris, uh, Chris Bangle, who I refer to as Chris Spangle, stuffed up a lot of BMs. The one that I'm talking about came after the Chris Bangle design. I believe you you say the lines. That's exactly what it is for me. It's a perfect lines. The dashboard is beautiful. The seating, the room. I think uh, Lolly's asked for advice. She's going to uh, become a BMW fan when yeah, she's finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah Guys, thanks for having you, you in the studio again. Absolutely superb. Worlds of knowledge. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about you. Will we see you again? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank definitely. you for the invite. Thank you for having I us. appreciate you. If you have a question on anything, buying, selling, finance, insurance, write to us at podcast at changecars.co.za. Talking about change cars, a visit to our site will show you we now have motorbikes, leisure, cars, you name it, we've got it. For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on DSTV channel 189 and on YouTube. New episodes every week.